Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Guys, I want you to take a guess. What is the most powerful... So- <laughs> what is the most popular psychoactive drug in the world? You know everyone said the right answer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Hold on, pause for effect, though. Yeah, yeah. Give him a second. What is it? Caffeine. Nice. That's the subject of today's episodes, guys. Caffeine. It's a drug most of us... I guess I do know some people who don't drink caffeine. Yeah, but who, who even likes them? They're weird. Yeah, right? fuck those people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, caffeine, it's ubiquitous. We're all drinking. There's two Starbucks, two Starbucks, and every corner. It's taking over the world, wow. right? Caffeine's been around for hundreds of years. Um, <laughs> I mean, caffeine's been around for a long time. Yeah, are <laughs> Longer you a, than that. Are you a stand-up comedian? <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your agent, man? Who do I call the book you, dude? Do you do bar mitzvahs? <laughs> no. But anyway, so caffeine is the most popular psychoactive drug. Yeah, well, despite it being consumed by pretty much everyone, I think there are a lot of questions right. about how it works, what it can do, and what it can't do. Right. Is it bad for you? Yeah. So I, I think there's plenty how about kids? of misinformation out there. Does it go through the milk? The mother's milk. There's a lot Let's of... Let's hope not. Russian... Because <laughs> my wife, man. Russian disinformation agents... That's true. ...trying to spread bad stuff about caffeine. So, um, the most powerful psychoactive drug in, in, Ru- in Russia... <laughs> Putin. Yeah, Putin's pee, probably, right? All right, guys. But yeah, so let's answer all the questions we've ever had about caffeine. Uh, what is it? Why is it so good? Why is it good for kids? What is it? <laughs> what why, is it? Why is it? Why? Yeah, so let's do that, and it's going to be in over two episodes. Let's get into it. Okay. So part one, as with many things, we start at the origins. Yeah. Like Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Mononoke. Did, what? <laughs> so, 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 so let's start. Caffeine, Sean. Caffeine, it's, uh, it's got to be a molecule, right? Like it's not, it's not an atom. Right? You, you are crushing it. You're it's a right. molecule. You're right. It's probably got some carbons. It's a carbon-based life form, isn't it? Uh, yes, it does indeed have carbon. It's got a what couple. What is life? It's got a couple oxygens. Yeah. It's got like four nitrogen atoms, nice. eight carbons, ten hydrogens, twenty-four atoms in all. But despite that, it's had a real big impact, hasn't it, Nathan? Well, those are all good atoms, yeah, right? Like those right. are atoms that can get into places. Like if it was like all argons, oh, fucking, yeah. we wouldn't no even good. be talking about caffeine. Uh, no. No, you wouldn't. You know? It'd just be argon gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so noble. <laughs> it's just not very good. We should call them racist gas. We've been using caffeine for like at least five thousand years. Really? Yeah. Damn. We've been using it for a long time. Yeah. Sometimes in ritual, sometimes in medicine, and sometimes uh, in just alleviating it's like sleepiness. From the Horn of Africa, right? 
Caffeine is from all over the place. Oh, right. Okay, okay. That's important. Let's take a couple steps back. I keep thinking about coffee. Yeah. We're not just talking about coffee. We're talking about caffeine, which, of course, occurs in many places. Yeah, because... The smile of every baby. So, so <laughs> until the modern era when we synthesized caffeine, we were getting it from plants. But there are, like, 30 plant species that make caffeine. Right. Okay. Like tea, right? Yeah, exactly. Camellia sinensis is the tea plant. There's Ilex. Camellia sinensis is an assassin. Camellia senescence. Wow, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'll never awaken again. There's like yerba mate, right? Yeah. Chocolate. What is yerba coffee. mate? It's a, it's a plant. Okay, okay, okay. It's just another fucking plant. Let's not get too deep. It's got caffeine. <laughs> it's a South American plant. Right, chocolate, um, right. Okay, so a yeah, lot yeah. of things got caffeine. And that's like a lot of different places in the globe, right? Do any like animals or fungi or anything like produce caffeine or is it all plant things? Uh, as far as I know, it's all plants. Okay, cool. So plants probably developed this ability to make caffeine independently from one another. Because right. all of those different species, the 30 different species, some of them are very distantly related to each other. So what's the deal? Did they make caffeine so things would eat them because they love caffeine so much? It's probably the other way around. What? Ca- <laughs> caffeine can be kind of bitter. And it probably uh, serves to discourage consumption of plant parts by insects. That's true. Because caffeine actually, like, kind of fucks up insects. Like, right. Like, insects, it, it could be so a, that makes it's sense. a natural They're pesticide. so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even, um, right. like, if, if you took flies and then, like, soaked them or, like, it, like dusted yeah. them with caffeine powder and then yeah. fed them to spiders, yeah. spiders get fucked up on caffeine. Interesting. Have you seen those pictures of, like, basically caffeinated spiders when they try to make a web? No. They make, like, a totally, like, crazy-looking web. That's cool. Like, it's, it's no longer, like, nicely patterned. It's got, like, random bits going Is here and there. Is it interacting with their neurotransmitters or receptors the way that... Uh, it does for humans, or is it like because of just the different structure of their brain, it just interacts with them differently? Uh, it's interacting with the same kind of receptors, but those receptors do something different in their nervous system. That's cool. All right. Okay, so that makes sense. I mean, I know when I was a kid, coffee tasted like shit. Yeah. So, like, I could totally imagine a bug being like, ew. Yes. Okay, so coffee, we're protecting ourselves. Or not coffee. God damn it. Caffeine, where plants are protecting themselves from bugs. Yes. Backfired. But some birds oh. and some mammals, including humans like caffeine especially for example coffee cherries there's like bats and elephants and those like civets that like eat the coffee cherries and then they like poop out the coffee beans and then people make like that shitty coffee from it dude that stuff's really i mean you're right it is literally shitty coffee but coffee luwak is really tasty what yeah you have you ever had it no oh it's excellent so i mean Stacey and i were in indonesia and this like beautiful live boy was like do you want to drink my coffee, Luak? <laughs> and I was like, I like grabbed out my bib and I was like, yes, sir. I pounded the table. <laughs> and, and it was, it's really smooth. It's very different. Like, it's almost like the antithesis of an espresso in as much as it's a really smooth, lovely drink. Silt kind of collects at the bottom. Mm. Um, it's very relaxing. I think you were just impacted by the ambiance of this live boy you were talking about. Look, Sean, you've been to Vienna. Right? You've had all their awful food and desserts and that stuff. That is, yeah, well. And it's just so much better because it's like in a cafe and everyone's smoking and drinking cocktails. I was complaining about Viennese food recently, actually, because it's like bad. schnitzel is just the shitty version of katsu. I know, it's right? crazy. And then like, it doesn't come with anything else that would make yeah. a meal an actual meal. Yeah, like I right? ordered a, a sausage platter and like, wow, those are honest people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, like eight sausages. Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> it had like a shit smear of Dijon. Yeah, it's like, I can't believe I'm the one saying this, but like, 
like, I need a vegetable. Like, could you please give me a vegetable? <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have, like, a potato <laughs> yeah, on your like, counter? Anyway, okay. um, so caffeine has been used medicinally and recreationally in well, both ancient wait, and modern. super quick. Yeah. Does up? caffeine impact bats the same way? Like, do they enjoy cherries uh, because it hops them up? Or is it... Or is it not impact them and they like the fruit of the, the fruit? <laughs> so so the pathways, we'll get into some of the details on these pathways later, but the, the pathways that caffeine hits in humans also works in pretty much all mammals. Okay. So uh, while some mammals can get sick from caffeine or like experience a lot of unpleasant effects from right. caffeine, like jitteriness and stuff, yeah. other mammals will experience kind of more our pleasurable effects of caffeine. They'll, okay. They'll get like a little buzzed up. They'll get some energy. All right. Interesting. Okay, well, anyway, so for a long time we've been using caffeine. Uh, what we care about, we're modern men. When did we fucking synthesize caffeine? Sure, so like the Western reductionist kind of scientific approach. So reductionist. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, came to caffeine in 1819 with this hamburger chemist named Rung. So just to clarify that, because usually I'm the offensive <laughs> one, you mean a German person. Well, from Hamburg. <laughs> so I feel pretty good about this. Fair enough. <laughs> Check me. <laughs> um, so Rung, I thought you were in my web, but I was in your web. <laughs> so Rung was apparently showing his uh, buddy Goethe. Right, that's a famous person. Yeah, the actual Faustus. playwright Goethe. Yeah, uh, he was showing his buddy Goethe how you can take an extract from Deadly Nightshade and put it on a cat's eyeball, <laughs> and the cat's eyeball will dilate. <laughs> and and like... Goethe in response was like, "I met this Greek dude and we fucked, and he gave me some of these coffee." That's exactly. I mean, like Goethe was like, "I love what you're doing." Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like this cat experiment, I love this it. Whole reduction thing. Let Let me tell you about this Greek man that I met, yeah. <laughs> who then gave me a bunch of coffee beans. Please use these in your experiments. Yeah. Like, figure out a way I to do I need to know. Yes. So, <laughs> Unlock he... this magic. <laughs> yes. So Goethe gave these coffee beans to Rung, and Rung looked into it, and he discovered a compound that he called Caffabase, okay. which is a base, like acids and bases. Sure. It's a base that exists in cafe. Right. Or... That makes sense. Yeah. So in 1821, a couple of years later, some French dudes independently also discovered caffeine, Did and they, they named it caffeine. So why, oh, is this like a calculus versus fluxion thing? Like, why, why did we go with a French name? Yeah, he didn't like, uh, Rung did not write down a shitload of his experiments oh, and publish them properly. He was too busy fucking with cats. This <laughs> yes, was like clearly yes. a hobby. He was like very into- There's a yeah. Netflix documentary about well, it. Honestly, it was just him. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hamburg who fucks with cats. It was just him hanging out, fucking around with cats with his playwright buddy, right? <laughs> um, and then some French dudes came onto the scene. <laughs> and like did science. <laughs> yeah. Independently discovered caffeine, and then a few years later, in 1827, they discovered that tea also has caffeine in it. And then it wasn't until a while later, at near the turn of the century, 1895, yeah. that a German named Emil Fischer figured out how to synthesize caffeine. Okay, there we so go. So actually figured out how to take uh, smaller organic compounds and then build caffeine out of them, eventually winning a Nobel Prize for some of the chemistry involved. That's cool. And actually, some of the chemistry that Fisher invented, including something called the Fisher esterification oh. reaction, is something I used during my PhD a lot. There you go. Okay. Yeah, so it was fun seeing Fisher. Right. Around. So, so again, caffeine. Everyone in Sweden was like, "Yeah, yeah, we know what caffeine is," but all the shit you did to synthesize caffeine—that shit's fucking great yes, yeah so some of those chemical reactions right. actually still get used today you know i think as an american maybe it's a uniquely american thing but you always hear french scientists and mm -hmm. you're always like a little taken aback because like i think we think of the french and this is this is going to go from insulting to i think more explicable is like you always think the french is very like culture heavy mm. whereas like in the 1800s i mean even 
I mean, actually, to now. Uh, they're like <laughs> they're like a nation that was quite important in industry and science. Yeah. I mean, like, the French Revolution, like, also happened in France. Yes, it did. But, like, I always just think of them as, like, you know, absinthe, right? And, like, sure. and, like painting, you know? Yes. Yes, do you I feel? Agree. Do you have the same reaction? I mean, but you're in science, so you hear about French scientists all the time. That's true, but sometimes you Alzheimer's. forget that, like, uh, yes, <laughs> Alzheimer, uh, Pasteur. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, these were French dudes. But, you know, at the same time, like, even earlier, right, in sort of the uh, age of science and everything like that. Right. Newton. Descartes. And Descartes, well, Descartes was French, but yeah, you're like, uh, oh, okay, I Leibniz and Newton, right? You're like thinking like, oh, Germany and England, they're right. Like, they're Germany like fucking... and England are like the serious countries, right? And then that do science, you know, and France does like the Champs Elysees, <laughs> and like you know, they're like writing Candide and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's funny. Good book. <laughs> yeah. Candide is like genuinely a funny I, book. I like Candide. There's like two old books, the three that are like actual good that people should actually read. And Candide's one of them. The other one is uh, Saint Augustine's The Confessions. Oh yeah, sure. Because he's like fucking horny. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah. And the last one is Euripides, the Bacchae. Have you ever read that? No. So it's a quick read, and it's a lot of fun. It's basically where uh, Bacchus comes to a town, and the king of the town is like, I am sick of this like big festival you do where like all the ladies get whack, and like everyone fucks. It's like really messing with my whole like very fascistic, capitalistic, like orderly universe, man. Mm. And then his mom like rips him apart. Like 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 mm. like Bacchus is like he throws Bacchus in prison. Bacchus is like everyone's gonna fuck you to death. And just gets bonkers. Ooh. And, like, murder happens and, like, sex happens. It's, like, a very modern play. It's really just fun. And Bacchus is, like, very transgressive. He's, like, David Bowie in the 70s. He's, yeah. like, live and just a little like a man, a little like a woman. And, yeah. it, and like, you could tell the king is, like, kind of turned on and, like, hates that. He's got to be turned on. It's a really good play. That sounds fun. Anyway, so French people good at science. Moving on. By 2022, we know how to synthesize caffeine. Yeah. So caffeine as a molecule, it's kind of soluble in water at room temperature. Right. It's kind of soluble in alcohol at room temperature. But when you boil water, it's way more soluble, like 30 times more soluble. Isn't that like true of a lot of things? I don't know. Yes, it it is true for a lot of things. But But this um, gets a lot more soluble. It gets a lot more soluble. And some things are basically not soluble in water and then you boil the water and it's a tiny bit soluble caffeine is interesting because one of the characteristics of it is it's called a partition coefficient Mm -hmm. it's close to zero that means that it likes water about as equally as it likes fat right and so it makes it so good for people yeah. Right? Because yes. we got water and we got phospholipid bilayers. Yes. And caffeine is like, la, 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 la. Yeah. Caffeine's in there. It's so good at entering your body and getting all up in your guts. Yeah. All right. So look, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's expand on the idea of caffeine getting all up inside you. All right, cool. Hey, guys. Mickey Mouse here, huh? Have you ever wondered how I've stayed so young for all these decades, outliving the puny mortals who created me? Ho 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 ho! Incidentally, have you ever wondered what happens to the thousands of orphan children who go missing in Disneyland every year? For $50 a month, ho ho, you can feel the answer with Disney Blood! We provide you the blood transfusions every month from the finest free-range blood the most magical place on Earth can harvest from its slavish youthful fans! These transfusions have all the sorts of wacky, bland, fantastical compounds that will rejuvenate your body on the molecular level! You can stay young for centuries, just like me and all my Disney brand friends! Don't die! Defy the natural order! Those kids, 
They don't want their blood anyway. They want to help you live forever. With the most magical place on Earth. It's Disney Blood! So, um, caffeine, very good in getting absorbed. By the time it's in your small intestine, your small intestine just sucking it all up. Right, right. Basically, if you drink something and it's in your stomach, it'll maybe take, like, up to 30 minutes for it to get out of your stomach into your small intestine. Yeah. But by that point, it's, like, very rapidly absorbed through your small intestine, okay. and it's in your bloodstream. And so, from the time that you're sipping it to the time that it's in your blood and pretty much everywhere in your body... It's about 30 to 45 right. minutes. So it's interesting because I have like a very psychosomatic reaction to caffeine too. Sure, sure. Like I'll sip it and I'll be like a Folgers ad like immediately, uh, which is interesting because I know it like biologically cannot work that fast. Yeah, well, I think um, caffeine is a good example of something where uh, the placebo effect can play a really big role and it doesn't matter that it's a placebo. Right. right. Like, if the point of taking ingesting caffeine is a stimulating effect, right. if you feel that effect before your body, like, quote unquote, feels it, right. then, like, who gives a shit? That's the same thing. Right. It's kind of like with the Alzheimer's guy we talked about in the other episode. It's like, since my theory's right, sure, I fib this, <laughs> right? But it's all going to work out. <laughs> it's, it's like that in that it's, it's a lot of the same words, but, <laughs> but I think the spirit of it's almost the opposite, but yeah, I got you. All right, um, all right. So it gets in your body real quick. Okay. okay. And, uh, I mean, is it faster if you, like, shoot it up or something? <laughs> Most things get into your blood faster if you shoot them up. Yes. Fuck <laughs> 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 I just had a segue for you. All right. I know. I know. It's just... <laughs> like, presumptuous like, Well, I just... Wa <laughs> Was I correct? <laughs> Look, um... Because I knew that Nathan wanted to know and that the audience would want to know. You guys you guys want to know also? Okay. That's true. Um, can you absorb caffeine through your butthole? Right. Because, like, alcohol works great through the butthole, right? Sure. You can butt chug it. Yeah. Right? Um, and now there's some papers suggesting that maybe we can breathe through our butthole. Interesting. That's a whole thing, too. Okay? Well, I mean, cut to the choice, baby. Can we caffeinate our butthole? Yes. Oh. You can, but it's okay. actually not as effective. Interesting. So if you swallow and also shove an equal amount of caffeine, the caffeine you swallow will be absorbed 3.5 times more than the caffeine in your butthole. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a noticeable amount. What's doing the absorption in the butthole? Like, does it actually get to your small intestines, or is it all, like, the rectum? It's, it's in the local area. Okay. And I think that part of the issue is that the caffeine actually flows through the membranes better if it's kind of dissolved in something. Interesting. But by the time you're in your butthole, things are getting kind of dried up because you're trying yeah. to make that nice poop. Uh, if you, like, caffeinated your butthole, would you poop better? Oh, uh, uh, that's an interesting question. Caffeine... Maybe has like a slight effect on being able to help you poop more. Interesting. But it's like actually pretty slight in comparison to the effect of coffee. Right. Because coffee, coffee makes me shit like a goose. Right. But decaffeinated in a coffee. Good way. Decaffeinated coffee helps people poop like pretty much just as much right. as it's caffeinated. Just, this is where we get back to the fact that like something like coffee has a lot of compounds that aren't just caffeine. Right. Right. Yeah. So I have scheduled us to do episodes on coffee sometime. Cool. So we can talk more about. Coffee okay, I'm glad. And this whole butthole. time I was so mortified that we've done an episode on coffee. <laughs> you know, I'm like supposed to know. <laughs> no, I thought it'd be fun to do caffeine first. Right. And then we'll get into coffee right. at a later date. All right. So how long does coffee last? Caffeine. <laughs> <laughs>
how long does caffeine last in you know the butthole or stomach? Sure, your yeah. body. So you get caffeine into your body in your blood. It's there for like three to seven hours. Okay. Okay, which is actually a pretty large uh, amount of variability in the times, and right, that's actually that because is. people have a lot of things that affect how long caffeine sticks around for. What are some things? Yeah. So one example is if you are a smoker. Okay. So you're smoking that tobacco. Your caffeine will get cleared from your body faster than people who don't smoke. Why is that? So most of the reasons why for those kinds of things is how caffeine is broken down by your body. All right. Caffeine is broken down by enzymes in your liver, mm -hmm. specifically uh, one called cytochrome P450-1A2. Okay. Which is uh, sometimes shortened to CYP1A2. Okay. So CYP1A2, it's in your liver. It breaks down a lot of external stuff. Right. And so caffeine is one of those substances. It gets broken down by that enzyme. Smoking kind of spurs your liver to make more of this enzyme. Oh, interesting. Because it's detecting right. like more shit to break down. Right, that's true. So, so livers of people who smoke actually have more of this enzyme, so they clear out caffeine faster. What are a few other things? Sure, yeah. So if people take birth control pills, oh, they okay. actually clear out caffeine more slowly. Mm. And that's because of the hormonal So that's like a subtle way on a date. You could tell... Uh, if they're on contraception or not, right? Is if they're still jazzed up from the shot of espresso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like camp out, <laughs> you know, in the little tiny cafe <laughs> for like three to seven hours. Yes. Right? Yes. So uh, another example of a drug that people take is um, Luvox, which is an antidepressant medication. Oh, uh, okay. And so if you're taking Luvox, the caffeine running around your body actually lasts 10 times longer than people who aren't taking Luvox. Oh. Huh. And that's Well, that's because good because they're depressed. They could use... The hopping. The boost. The hop. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a nice side effect. Yeah. Unless you're trying to sleep at some point, which would be a bummer. Uh, people who are depressed don't need sleep, right? Because they're so sleepy. <laughs> be, <laughs> nicer. <laughs> be nicer to our depressed listeners. That's true. That's true. Excuse me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, SIP1A2 is the is the mechanism by which all Doesn't of those... Luvox sound like a lab-grown lox? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New company. <laughs> I, I would definitely try it. Yeah. yeah I'd yeah. try it. I imagine texture wise, pretty gross. Yeah. But that's maybe, true. maybe good flavor. You know, I actually uh, sometimes prefer farm grown salmon. Um, yeah. It's a little less. Instead of wild caught. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different types of wild caught. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. What are we talking about? Yeah. Keep going, Daddy. Okay. Sip 1A2 breaks down caffeine into a few different breakdown molecules. Paraxanthine, theobromine, and theophylline. <laughs> theobromine, and, dude. Yeah. I feel like a lot oh, of the theos bro are bros. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so a vast majority of that breakdown being into paraxanthine, all of the breakdown products actually are also bioactive. They'll also stimulate us. Okay. So the first pass of breakdown doesn't actually like fully get rid of caffeine's effects no, because all of those byproducts can still impact us except like mcdonald's coffee am i right like that's some weak shit <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you don't feel it for very long yeah, yeah look at that mccaffey over oh there i don't know since you finished that oh my yeah why bother yeah why even fucking bother i mean i think they just go to a sewer and just like scoop up some <laughs> water in there right well i mean there's going to be residual caffeine just from how much we drink anyway so that's interesting oh in the sense that if you were to like give a person a cup of coffee and then collect all their piss. Yeah. Right? Only 5% of the caffeine they consume comes out unfucked up. Oh. All the rest of it. The 95% otherwise right. gets metabolized into this stuff. Right. And then gets metabolized even further into compounds that are not psychoactive. Oh. Yeah. And when we drink all that caffeine, about 85%... Um, once it's broken down, right. we'll go into the urine. This is kind of, we're getting back to caffeine, like, 
our bodies like really interact well with caffeine. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, and like, part of that is because like it goes everywhere in your body. Right. Like you will find caffeine once you drink it. It is in like every tissue in your body. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, Nathan. Mm, yeah. It likes that water, but it also likes them them yeah, lipid that, membranes that just go. Yeah. It just goes everywhere. Yeah. Including through the blood brain barrier. I'm glad I taught you something. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, you know, I think uh, this sip one a two is pretty interesting because like. All kinds of stuff fuck with this enzyme. Right. Like broccoli oh, causes wow. you to make more of the enzyme so you would clear caffeine faster. Oh, Carrots actually inhibit the enzyme so it would make caffeine oh. last longer. Right. So there's like fucking what vegetables you eat can impact how much caffeine affects you. Crazy. Right? So it, it's pretty cool that like Man. when we think about different people being impacted different ways by coffee, there's so many different variables involved. It's so interesting how there's some episodes that are very secular in character and then there's some episodes that are very religious. And this is like clearly an intelligent design episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going. Well, I was wondering how you were going to get to religion, but yeah, you did it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Woo. And when we come back, we're going to finish up the episode by talking about the impact that caffeine has on the brain and then we'll go into part two All right cool the following is an actual advertisement do you like plants like really really like them do you wish you could get a glimpse at how they work on the inside how they grow flower avoid problems like drought and heat and how they defend themselves against attacks well we do too that's why we at plants and pipettes explore the fascinating inner workings of plant molecular biology in our podcast and on our blog did you know that bumblebees can control the flowering time of plants by gently biting on them or that soap bubbles are great for plant pollination we are Tegan and Yoram, two plant scientists who escaped the lab to bring you the hot new research without all the scientific jargon. Plus, we talk about topics of diversity and equality in the academic system. And bring fun science facts from the last week. Oh, and we talk about cats. And sometimes also we rant. You can read our stuff on plantsandpipettes.com or search for Plants and Pipettes in your favorite podcast app. Plants and Pipettes, we, we talk, talk plant, plant science. science. Okay, guys, so we've talked a little bit about the impact caffeine has on my butthole. Yes. But um, like many other chemicals, you know, caffeine interacts with your brain. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so is it like is it like one of those neurotransmittery kind of things, man? Is it like different receptors? Like, what's going yeah, on, man? Yeah. You fucking nailed it, is dude. Is it just like in you your blood it. vessels and stroke you, dude? Yeah, a little bit of that too. You dude, get a little bit stop of stroking me out, dude. <laughs> so when when you think about the effects of caffeine, what comes to mind? Like how, how does how does caffeine prototypically impact? Why you? animaniacs? Oh, Whoa. okay. Ran instant. So you get some you get some energy. Energy, some jitters. Yeah, you know yeah. some um, some aphasia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> body dysmorphia. Oh shit! <laughs> Kanye, start listening to all the Kanye Yo, quotes. Fuck. Thirteenth Amendment. Does, does Kanye give you body dysmorphia? <laughs> um, you start imagining that you should look like Kim Kardashian or something uh, like that. Or What's that line? Uh, I'd do anything for a Blondike. <laughs> You're right. That is the line. I, I start. That's why. I start imagining myself as that. Yes. And I look at the mirror and I, I hit the mirror. That's that's, I'm like, no, vamos. Let's beat most of this. <laughs> um, okay. 
So, in terms of wakefulness, which is one of the things that caffeine is supposed to do, it does that by messing around with what's called adenosine signaling in the brain. Adenosine is generally an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It's actually found in a lot of different places doing a lot of different things in your body. Right. Okay, so it can reduce pain, for example, which actually is one time that we mentioned adenosine was in the context of, uh, of um, what's the pokey, the pokey bullshit that, like, we don't believe in, but, like... Uh, Hawaiian food. Acupuncture. Uh, (laughs) Although that's very clever, Nathan. Uh, I was thinking about poke today. Acupuncture. One of the supposed ways that acupuncture works is by stimulating adenosine. But adenosine. So recently, you know, Stacey's been complaining about some wrist pain. And I was like, why don't you go see the acupuncturist? Mm -hmm. You know, and I finally convinced her to do it. She comes back and she was like, that shit didn't work. And I was like, that's my line. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) You were just trying to be a good husband (laughs) and supportive of her culture. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally reversed. Yeah, and you got fucked. Okay. um, So not only pain, though, adenosine can also kind of inhibit wakefulness. Yeah. So when you wake up from a good night's sleep, there is very little adenosine hanging out in your brain. Okay. But the longer you stay awake, you start accumulate adenosine around your neurons. Because it's trying to make you sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. As you get more and more of it, it contributes to a feeling of drowsiness. Right. Okay. And so... uh, Sometimes you're gaming all night. You're on Fortnite. Okay. And Little Nas X has got a concert on Fortnite, so you gotta oh, stay yeah. up. Wow, these are excellent references. How, <laughs> how long ago was that? <laughs> it wasn't even him, was it? It was um a different popular oh, young guy. Uh, you're right, and then he he went on to be terrible. I think Pharrell Williams. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. That Pharrell. guy's like 80. It was that dude who was at Juice World, and then some fan died. Or oh something like that. wow, that really? Right? Is that guy? Wasn't it that guy? It's such. This is T. Right, there's a T in his name God. somewhere. Well. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine something that you and I know less about. <laughs> so let's keep checking. Okay. Adenosine signals through several different receptors on neurons. And those receptors have names like adenosine A1 receptor or right. adenosine A2A receptor. Okay. And so on. And so there are a bunch of different adenosine receptors. And they're all over your body. And that's part of the reason why adenosine can have like a slightly different effect if it's binding shit in your small intestine or if Mm. it's binding stuff in your hand as opposed to when it's binding stuff in your brain. Right. And so in your brain, a lot of times what it's doing is some drowsiness stuff. And the way that caffeine works in part by blocking... Just gets in there. The A2A receptor. Right. Sometimes called Adora2A. Right. And we know this because when we give mice caffeine, they get pretty jittery and energized. But if we have mice that have a genetically broken Adora 2A gene, they do not get jazzed up by caffeine. Boom. So, in fact, there are some people that have mutations in the Adora 2A gene. Mm. Or just, you know, slightly modified copies of the gene. Wow. And some of those modified copies seem to make it so that they don't really get affected by caffeine. Lamest X-Man. And then some other kinds of copies seem to make it so that they're extra sensitive to caffeine. Okay, even worse X-Man. Yes. Yeah. So. It's like a twin. So that's why, you know, some people might say like, oh, I'm just like not affected by caffeine. Right. Legitimately, there can be a genetic reason why they are not affected by caffeine. Right, 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 right. And then sometimes people are like, oh, I can't drink caffeine because yeah. it gives me the jitters. It's like gluten. <laughs> yeah. Except, some people have celiacs. Like, there might like, yes, be a legitimate right. real reason. And also people were joking. Okay. Yeah. I'm not besmirching people who can't drink coffee because they get too jittery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Live your life. Live, live your life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on a very aggressive note, yeah, uh, that's the end of this episode, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. guys. So this is part one of caffeine. Next time, we're going to talk about toxic. All the ways caffeine can kill you, your baby, your children. 
Yeah, believe it or not, you can actually OD on caffeine. Wow. That is technically possible. So we're going to talk about that some next time. It's not something that's going to happen to you unless you're really trying. But yeah, we'll talk about it next time. We'll talk a little bit more about other ways that caffeine sensitivity can be a very real thing. Um, whether children should just be like drinking Red Bulls, slamming Red right. Bulls all day. But the last thing, should you be slamming Red Bulls to get swole? Yes, that is actually going to come up. Yeah. Does caffeine make you ripped? Yes. All this more on Petri Dish. Caffeine part two. Nailed it. So let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our song lord and engineer. Thank you, Brian. Okay, we have a Gmail account, PetriDish at gmail.com. Nope. Is that right? No. PetriDishPod at gmail.com. At Dish Podcast on Twitter. And you can go to patreon.com slash PetriDish to give us a dollar a month. If you want to. Freedom. Yeah, that's true. It's beautiful. There's no amendment about that yet. It's hot. Yeah. It's hot in here. It We're is like hot. We're pretty sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll, we'll see you next time. Oh, let's take that off. <laughs> <laughs>